Blog Talk Radio. You heard of the quiet storm. Now be ready for the thunderstorm. It's a show where we can't be quiet. Discussing world affairs from the Christian hip-hop perspective. That's right, the Christian hip-hop perspective. With your host, Christian hip-hop artist and sports blogger, GQ Forever. So turn up your radio. You are now listening to The Thunderstorm. You heard it. We are on officially now 9 p.m. EST on the East Coast. It's officially three hours short of July 30th. This year is flying by, 2018. The storm is on. Everybody's supposed to be here as a president. Let's go ahead and get this thing popping. And in the words of the late, great Don Cornelius, you can bet your last money. I'm glad it already. I'm off my notes. You can bet your last money, man. It's going to be the hippest trip in America. I still don't know what that means. And I got a question, man. If any of y'all got like, any information on the multivitamin, something that I can get me some energy from, I would definitely appreciate it. I tried Mega Man. I've gone to GNC. I've learned by going to GNC, three of them actually, that these dudes are just on commission. Regardless of what I tell them what my problem is, they keep directing me to the same vitamin, man, and I'm tired of that. Um, I got something somebody gave me that looks like grain. A friend of mine gave me charcoal. I didn't know we were supposed to ingest charcoal. She literally gave me some vitamins that was these black charcoal pills, man, and told me to take those. That actually, though, worked better than everything else that I saw. So, shout out to charcoal. <laughs> shout out to my own girl for giving it to me. Shout out to y'all, but your boy needs a multivitamin, man. I need some energy. Uh, fish oil tablets don't work. My memory is just as bad as it was when I got started. And the stuff that's supposed to give me energy, it may have worked for a day, but I'm not sure if I was just under some psychological thing because I thought it was supposed to work or because it was actually working. Um, man, let me get off this, man. Let me get off this. Let's, let's pay the bills, man. Welcome to the show at GQ Forever, at Storm 466, at Storm Radio 66, at Inside Eagles. My man Trail and my man DC are in the building. Like the pages at GQ Forever inside the Eagles in front of Storm Hip Hop Sports Entertainment Network. Like my personal. Jeffrey Knox, editor, sports writer, journalist. Follow me daily on Inside the Eagles for daily updates on what the Eagles are doing. Training camp is underway. The NFL season is back. Thank God for that. I'm a Phillies fan. They are not doing what I expected them to. So thank God the football is back, man, because the NBA is trash. We are proven over and over again, despite some valiant attempts by my man Trail. We have proved over and over again that football is just better than basketball is. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God it's Sunday. 9 p.m. officially on the East Coast, man. As I welcome in my co pilot Trail, what is happening, little brother? What's going on, man? What's going on? I am here. D.C., what's going on, little brother? Nothing, man. What's going on with y'all? We're good, man. We're good. Uh, roll call. Shout out to everybody that's tuning in from the usual places, Charlotte, Greensville, Greenville, excuse me, my second home, Columbia, South Carolina, Greensboro. Uh, I saw some 919s, which means there's some Raleigh's and some Durham's up in there. Hopefully Durham. 
the home of the only basketball program in North Carolina, the Duke Blue Devils. Yes. Yeah. Oh. No. The Say only that. thing that matters. That. Dark blue over that little punk light blue. I don't know why y'all still think that's like a cool color for like me and the world. But shout out hey, to the hey. dark blue wearers of the Duke Blue Devil Nation. Yeah. Shout out to powder um, blue ain't working. Shout out to our, um, our um man. Forget them tall heads. <laughs> but let me say it though. Let me say it though. Let me say it though. Shout out to the uh, the sponsors that keep us, you know, um, with a little bit of cash flow going. That keep us on air. Uh, shout out to iTunes for continuing to carry the Thunderstorm Media brand. Shout out to Stitcher yeah. for continuing to carry the brand. Shout out to TuneIn Radio. You can find Thunderstorm Media on all those avenues. We have simulcast right now on Blog Talk Radio. I forgive y'all, and I apologize for for getting this close to cussing on the last episode because we had some technical difficulties. We pay way too much money for that, but definitely shout out to our sponsors, most of which don't want to be mentioned because they want to remain anonymous, and they say that they was placed on that we were placed on their hearts because they speak to God. We appreciate that. So if God is telling them to bless us financially, that must mean that we're doing something that he's satisfied with. That's cool with me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wait. And in the vein of that, let's get to some folk that just talk about stuff that ain't in the Bible. Whenever you say, I'm just saying, whenever you say the Bible says, that should be immediately followed by something that the Bible says. You can't say the Bible says and say God helps those that help themselves because God didn't say that. Benjamin Franklin did. You can't say that God told you to vote for Barack Obama because based on what Barack Obama believes in, based on his his belief system, you can't tell me that the God I know told you to vote for a man that was pro-abortion. Pro- Let me get on something else, man. Let me get on something else so I get myself in trouble. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this, man. When you say the Bible says, that should be immediately followed by something that the Bible says. I got to take this opportunity, man, because I've heard this conversation too many times, and when too many people are saying it, it becomes a kingdom issue. When too many people are saying that you can't expect to get to heaven and live like you want to live, I understand that as a concept, but I got to stop y'all right there because the Bible didn't say that either. The Bible says there's one way to me that is through my son. There's one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. Sorry, Islam. There's one way to heaven, and that's by accepting Jesus. Regardless of what you have done at that point, if you continue to renew your mind like Paul says, which will come naturally because once you decide you're going to follow Christ and do things in the vein that he has done things, it's going to automatically come a transformation whether you want it to or not, man. Sin is not going to be fun anymore. Believe me, I've tried it. I told God, God, I'll do whatever it is you want me to do if you just give me five more years. God didn't respond to that. I asked him again, God, just give me four more years of doing whatever it is I want to do, and I promise I'll do whatever it is that you ask of me. God didn't respond to that either. I, at that point, gave up. But in all seriousness, I'm cutting around, man, but in all seriousness, nothing you do is going to get you in heaven. Stop putting yourselves on the cross, man, because shedding your own blood ain't going to get you into heaven. It's only by the shed blood of one person that walked this earth that was perfect. The flesh... Uh, the Lamb, the Word that was made flesh, God the Son, 
who became God, who came from God the Father, God the Son, who eventually gave us the Holy Spirit that is now used as our comforter. That's what's going to get you there. Uh, true, what's going to end up happening is when you do dedicate yourself to the kingdom and kingdom thinking, you're not going to want to do things the way you used to. You're not going to continue the way you want to live. But we got to get ourselves out of believing, because I heard it too many times this week, that behavior is something that's going to get you in heaven. It's not good behavior that's going to get there. It's not being a good person. It's not trying to do better than you did yesterday, because at that point what's going to end up happening is you're going to have your own measuring stick that you're going to try to gauge to try to determine whether or not you did a good enough job today. And that's not going to be good enough, man. One way to the heaven, and that's through the Son by accepting him. Forget what Oprah mm-hmm. told you, that it's got to be more than one way to get to heaven. <laughs> Oprah has lost her mind. I know some of y'all love her. I do too, but she was wrong on that one. Trail, what you got? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, man, I agree with you. I just, I think nowadays, uh, because so many people see social media and uh, the media has people thinking that, you know, I can give away, you know, cars like Oprah used to. Oprah give everybody a car, now she's going to heaven. Uh, they just feel like that, you know, they click on one of these little social media memes, uh, say amen five times and you're, you're going to heaven. It don't work that way. Um, because the Bible gives strict guidelines that you have to follow in order uh, to, you know, make your way into heaven. When you make it up there, what do you want to hear him say? You want to hear him say, uh, by, by well done, by good and faithful servant. That's what we're trying to hear him say. So when that's when that's the goal, you got to follow his rules. He ain't going to say that if you ain't following his rules. You can't follow him sometimes and then, oh, now we ain't going to follow him today. I mean, he's made it to the black spot, of course. But we also have to understand it's a level of consistency that comes with uh, being a child of God that we also have to follow as well. So I think once we get that, uh, we get all those things in order, then we can truly see the manifestations of God and we can understand that we're going to do what needs to be done and that's what has to be done. We have to follow his commandments and, and the rules that he's uh, outlined plainly for us in his word. Well said, sir. Well said, well said, well said. Uh, we got to give a petty whopper award away. And um, I'm not going to dedicate a whole lot of time to this because I don't do mess. But we we've got to give a petty whop award away, and it's it, it it without question has to go to two of the most petty individuals that I've ever seen in my entire life. Two dudes that I actually still believe it or not, am still fans of for certain reasons other than how they conduct themselves in public. But Fifty Cent, Floyd Mayweather, I don't know what's going on with these brothers. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with these brothers. I don't know why these brothers won't grow up. But I got to give them the Petty Whopper Award, and I also got to question some of y'all who are over 30 who are still able to follow verbatim every single action that these two brothers are saying, every single tweet and comment that these two brothers have. If you have time to keep up with the beef that is going on between Floyd Mayweather and 50 Cent, you got to do a little bit growing up yourself, and you got to find something to do with your time. I don't care that there's a BET Awards and Migos had a problem with Joe Budden. I don't care that Floyd Mayweather and 50 Cent are arguing with one another on social media. That's pretty much all I got to say about that topic. 
DC Trail. If y'all feel like chiming in, go ahead. But I'm giving him the Petty Whopper Award. Uh, I'm moving on. We got other things to talk about. Uh, let me just touch it real fast. I just want to touch it real fast, and then we're going to move. You asked why uh, this is going on with these two. This is simply why. They both are. They speak with their emotions. Floyd speaks with his emotions, and 50 speaks with his. They just do it in different ways. Um, Floyd talk about all the money he has. Uh, 50, you know, he comes back with the memes and he clowns you. So when you got two people that speaking with emotions and nobody wants to act like an adult, then this is what you come out with. Two individuals that's emotional and <laughs> they got money. So now they got a platform and they got people that's over 30 and under 30 listening to it. And that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I just I just have two words. Grow up and just be role models for your kids. That's all I got to say about that. I'm totally with you on that. I think the thing that's most disconcerting about the whole thing, man, is you got two brothers who are actually very intelligent, both of them. You actually got two brothers who are actually who are actually pretty articulate. They cuss too much, but they're actually articulate. And these guys could actually be, if they wanted to, they could actually be like the foundation, the platform towards somebody using them as like some type of thought process or some type of inspiration to spark like some ideas of their own. They actually have big enough platforms that they could actually facilitate the growth of like some other brothers. Floyd Mayweather could have easily been like the most likable professional athlete in this country, man, but he chose to go the villain route. Now I understand that. Some people work better as the villain. Some people are not motivated by cheers and applause and you can some people, myself included, are motivated by somebody telling you you can't, you suck, so on and so forth. I understand where the brother's coming from, but um, I think it's unfortunate that he didn't actually get the type of acclaim that he probably could have gotten based on the attitude and the way he chose to to, to portray himself. Because he does a lot of good things, man. He's done like a lot of charity work. He's done like a lot of giving, things of that nature. And I tell people all the time, like, Spiritual laws work whether you behave like you're saved or whether you're saved or not. When you sow, you have to reap. When you give, you have to get in return. With the amount of money this brother gives a positive charity and causes, there's no wonder why he's got so much bank. That's the reason why. Yeah, he can throw a punch, but that's the reason why. Beyonce and Jay-Z are successful partially because of hip-hop, partially because of music, but because they work in the principles. The principles work whether you're saved or not. And that's just something else that I would place on my heart to share with y'all, man. But um, if all my clear fellas, I think we can move on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right, we're going to get into the mailbag because we hadn't gotten in the mailbag in a long time, man. But um, mm. we got, like, a lot of listeners who have listened to a lot of things we said. They got mad at me. They got mad at Trail. We're going to talk about that in a second. First, 47 Disciples, Lord, I pray. I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear I suck off in this limbo. Decisions I done made gon' have me somewhere weak and crippled. Lord, I pray every day that you watch out for my temple. As crazy it may seem, I wanna do the right thing. I done tried my way and they never worked. Tell me I can I get on your team. I done put down them guns and them beans. Now I mean, to quit serving them fiends. Hell is hot, hell is hot. That that ain't for me. I'd rather be fly with them wings than burn to the third degree. Ain't no way for eternity. Lord, I done did everything but kill. Everything's that way, you can still save me. I know you can, cause there I am. So I know you been forgave me. And I thank you for the whisper, thank you. You sent me off the prison. And I never was alone. Cause you always came to visit. And you ain't gotta say that. That's the only way I would listen. That's the only 
way I'm you fed me And I ain't even no Christian Now you know it's love from up above Stay prayed up and let's get let's go Every day, every day Lord I praise you, Lord I praise you Every night, every night Lord I pray, Lord I pray Every day, every day Lord I praise you, Lord I praise you Every night, every night Lord I pray, Lord I pray Every day, every day Lord I praise you, Lord I praise you Every night, every night Lord I pray, Lord I pray Knew of my priors, no joke. Richard Pryor, through the fire, he's my cloak. Know the ropes, he's my provider. So many deny him, but don't surprise them. Who keeps hope? Great faith, his amazing grace, premium, amazing place. And in the days of days, I just pray and pray. Still use a pen and pad to write out my life story. Mine gets buried when I'm worried sometimes. But it's his glory, keeps me fine. Look for something divine, and yes, sure, what comes to mind. And the best of us come outside when the Holy Spirit's inside. My mind resides, my mind resides. Hurry and kind, the Lord, he made me a fisher of men. Transparent, no need to pretend. I'm in Solomon, wishing for wisdom, repenting for sin. In the midst of it, I'll do Prison the same one body. I know that he got me, I know that he got me, I know that he's watching. I need your protection, that's why you can spot me. On my knees every day, in the constant state of change. Yet my posture stays the same as blood is flowing through my veins. How could I maintain without your presence? Give so many blessings, spiritual presence, and its essence is everlasting. I'm only asking to keep me destined for grace. Personally, 
And I'm just going to ask y'all why y'all just don't call yourself the thunderstorm. Exactly. I regress. I apologize. <laughs> but I don't. part of the reason we are who we are was whether it was music, whether it was sports writing, whether it was blogging, whatever it was that I put myself into, whether it was this podcast slash radio show slash what we do, and eventually the television show, is because we always went the way of strong opinions. Now, when you give strong opinions, you create discussion. Sometimes you create argument. Because I was telling a friend of mine this today. My father told me once, son, people are going to like you more, and they're going to think you're smart if they agree with what you're saying. As soon as you go the other way, especially if you can defend your argument, you become a know-it-all, you become arrogant, you become all those things. But I can live with that because too often I'm told by people, I hate you, I've been called racial slurs because I've said something about people's football teams, and at times I've been called the most arrogant person that has ever walked the face of this earth because I have opinions, most of which are strong, and I can defend my opinion my opinions, and I can do so definitively and articulately. Now, that makes people angry. Do I just make up a word, articulately? <laughs> That's even a word. <laughs> <laughs> I can articulate my opinions, because I promise I'll get an email about that. So what ends up happening, fellas, is you tend to rub people the wrong mm-hmm. way. When yeah. you take the air and you always call this woman Bianca, the beehive gets angry with you. Some yeah. of them a little bit more maturely, <laughs> some of them not. Some of them mm-hmm. send me profanity lace emails. When you say things about mm-hmm. Barack Obama, some people attack. Mm-hmm. Some people, I don't understand why they're so angry because I have never figured out why the beehive thinks that Beyonce knows who they are and they defend this woman like this is their kinfolk. Wow. You don't know Beyonce. Stop <laughs> taking this stuff so personally. But I will go to the mailbag, man, because we wanted to go to the mailbag. We ain't been in the mailbag in a minute, and we wanted to address some concerns about some stuff we said about certain athletes. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick, yeah. Kevin Durant, Malcolm Jenkins. I'll start with Colin Kaepernick. I said mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick is not outside of the NFL because he's being blackballed. Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. is not in the NFL because he can't master NFL offenses. Colin Kaepernick can't throw the forward pass consistently. Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. has a cannon for an arm, but he can't hit the side of a building. I said that. Mm-hmm. When Colin Kaepernick took a knee, Colin Kaepernick was barely on the team then. Two coaches decided, both Chip Kelly and Tom Sula, that Colin Kaepernick wasn't good enough to beat out Blaine Gabbert for the starting position. Y'all may not remember this, but once upon a time, Blaine Gabbert and Cam Newton were the discussion. Should the Carolina Panthers take Cam Newton? Should they take Blaine, Gab- Blaine Gabbard? That was actually an argument. Blaine Gabbard is terrible. I can say mm-hmm. wholeheartedly, and I can say honestly, Blaine Gabbard is terrible. But he was still good yeah. enough to beat Colin Kaepernick out for the starting position. That's true. I respect what Colin Kaepernick did. My only thing was two things. Number one, Colin Kaepernick didn't have a plan after he kneeled. He took a knee to take a stance. But he couldn't articulate and tell people what that stance was. That was my problem. <laughs> you have the platform now. You've captivated the entire nation's attention. Tell them what it is that you knelt for. He couldn't do it. That led me to make another statement. 
in defense of Colin Kaepernick. Mm. I don't hate this brother. Mm-hmm. I just make honest statements. Mm. I made another statement towards black leadership. The Farrakhans mm-hmm. of the world, the Dick Gregories of the time of the world, the Al Sharpins mm-hmm. of the world. Well, maybe not Al Sharpins. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. black leaders. Somebody yeah. should have taken themselves over to this brother, wrapped their arm around him, and said, brother, we accept what you did. We, we, we respect what you did. This is what you do now. Because Colin Kaepernick didn't have that. Same problem Tupac yeah. had. Tupac, as he got older, as we become men, this brother died in his mid-20s, as we become men, you start thinking about as you get older, especially when you start approaching 30, the type of man you're going to be for the rest of your life. And typically what you do is you find another man to pattern yourself after. Tupac never found that. He had Suge Knight as a role model. Problem. Somebody needed to come to Colin Kaepernick, put their arm around this brother, and tell this brother, Yo, we respect what you did. We admire what you did. This is the next step. Let us help you get this vision moving in a positive direction. Malcolm Jenkins can do that. Now, we're going to let Trail talk about Malcolm Jenkins in a minute. Malcolm Jenkins basically became Santa Claus to a whole city block. He took people who were, un- who were wrongfully in prison, took them to the Super Bowl. He's continued to take a stand. Malcolm Jenkins is a good brother. You have the Michael Bennett's the Richard Shermans of the world. There are a lot of people who protested, and, and, and we got to stop using that word protest. There are a lot of people who demonstrated during the national anthem for a cause that we all understand what that cause was. I completely support the cause. I completely put myself behind Black Lives Matter. All I'm saying is Colin Kaepernick, it didn't help him that he wasn't, that he took the knee. But it's not the reason he's not in the NFL, because if he could help a team win, he would be in the NFL right now. And he turned down some starting jobs that would have given him another opportunity to play. And he turned down some backup jobs that would have given him an opportunity to play. Because sometimes when we look in the mirror, we can't see what we, what we actually are. Colin Kaepernick is not a starting quarterback in the NFL for most teams. Me and D.C. did it. We took every team, we took their quarterback situation, and we could only get them on two rosters. One of which was the Arizona Cardinals because they didn't have a quarterback. Colin Kaepernick had a playbook simplified to the point where he was picked off four times by the Arizona Cardinals because they kept having to scale this playbook back. They kept having to scale the playbook back to the point it didn't look like an NFL playbook anymore. It looked like a high school playbook. And Tyron Matthew was quoted in saying, what they're doing was so vanilla and basic. That's why we got four interceptions. We knew what they were doing when they broke the huddle. Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL, no. To some extent, maybe he was blackballed, but it's not the entire reason he's not the NFL. Because everybody else who demonstrated is still here. Trail, I know you got something to say about it. Go ahead. Yes, I do have something to say. Uh, because it seems that everybody was mad at what I said about uh, Malcolm Jenkins. We got a lot of mail saying that, you know, uh, he does a lot of things in his community and, uh, and all of this. And before I make my statement, I want to say, I, what I say does not reflect, you know, I'm glad that he's doing something for the inner city of Philadelphia. I'm glad that he is helping all the people that he's helping. But this is my problem with Malcolm Jenkins. When you have a position of power, I hold you to a higher standard. With Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins is one of the players that's, that's influential in these rules of from the NFL getting 
from the players getting their voices heard by the NFL. He's in the meeting rooms with these people when these when these uh, meetings are going on. Um, so I hold him to a very high standard. What I said was when he uh when he basically took his his stance instead of kneeling uh like everyone else was doing uh he basically just he put his fist in the air and he was still protesting now we we have people give me some blowback for that you, you know I I'm used to it I can understand that but I still stick by my point uh yes he did he does help people outside of you know what we know what we see on camera which is great, but I'm talking about the on-camera action. When, when it was a it was a league-wide thing, everybody was kneeling. Everybody, it was a league-wide thing, and that was their show of unity. So, if I'm Malcolm Jenkins and I know the kind of power that I hold, and I know that by me doing this with them, it shows that okay, we're all one unity. I understand that. So. I'm going to do what they're doing just because I, if I truly believe in the cause, then, you know, I'm going I'm to do my part. But instead of doing his part, he stood up and he kneeled and he put his fist in the air. He stood up and put his fist in the air. So it's almost like, that's almost like me saying, I agree with the cause. It's like you in the middle. You agree with the cause. You want to show your support for this side. But you don't want to disappoint the other, you don't want to disappoint the NFL either because the NFL's whole problem was they didn't want you to kneel. So that was my only issue. I'm not talking about his philanthropy, his philanthropy efforts, everything that he does in his community. I'm proud of that. My only issue was I felt and I still feel as though when it comes to the on camera situations that we see in Malcolm Jenkins. He tries to play both sides of the field. Now, now I will give him credit for this. The more articles that I have read since uh, this past year, uh, going into this summer and this offseason, he has been more clear on the side that he stands on. But at the time that I made those statements and the time that I was talking about, I've seen a lot of him standing with his fist in the air. And that's what I had a problem with because if you're going to be on one side, be on that side. I don't want you putting your fist in the air trying to show solidarity with me, but you're just trying to keep everybody. No, if we kneeling and we showing a sign of unity, then that's what you do. You kneel. Everybody was kneeling. That's just like I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. I got. I was mad at Ray Lewis for talking about he wasn't kneeling. He was down there playing. I was mad at him for that because, no, you can't talk about what I'm doing and then get down there and say you playing. No. If you kneeling, then kneel with me. Don't try to kneel with me, but then say, oh, I was playing. No, it's the same thing. If your knees hit that ground, you kneeling with me. Don't try, to make, don't try to deflect the blame and say, oh, I was down there praying to God. I was thanking God. That's all fine and dandy, but when it comes down to it, pick your side. That's my only argument with this whole situation. If you're going to do it, if we're going to say we're standing up for what we believe in, and, and matter of fact, I'm with Knox. If we're going to say we, we're demonstrating like we said we were demonstrating, be, pick that side. You can't, because in a demonstration, the one thing that everybody has to understand is you're never going to make everybody happy. Somebody's going to end up mad in the situation. You just have to be strong enough to deal with the consequences and say, okay, that's the decision I made, and now we're here. So for those people that's 
giving me blowback. That's what I mean. I, I'm not talking about any of his his efforts that he's done in the community. I'm proud of that. I'm matter of fact, I'm happy for it because if it wasn't for him, some of those things that's be, being changed in the inner city may never happen. So I'm happy that he's doing it. I'm just saying I don't like the way that he went about it with the whole standing and putting his fist in the air because it looks like, oh, I'm trying to please this side, but I'm really of you with y'all. Like, it's almost like you're playing both sides of the fence, and it may just be on camera. But I'm the type of person, the same way you are on camera is the same way I want you off camera. So that's all I'm saying. Be, that, be the same Malcolm Jenkins that you show to be in the community on camera. That was my point. Now, when you say it like that, I got to I got to drop the bomb on you real quick. Give me give me the bomb right quick, material right quick. I got to drop the bomb on that one, man. Like when you do that, when you, when you say it like that, you didn't say it like that the first time. Now, yeah, but you know, I guess that's what, you and I, I had these talks all the time. Yes. Yeah. You and I had these talks all the time, man. I mean. We go to we go opposite ways all the time, man. When you say it like that, man, I got to drop the bomb on you. So, real talk. Um, from that, I gotta I gotta ask you guys some questions now. So, this is the thing. Now, the the news is you guys have heard like the changes they made to the national anthem policy. Jerry Jones. Um, now correct me if I'm wrong. Did Jerry Jones say that he would discipline Cowboys players who didn't who kneel for the national anthem going forward? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, that's exactly what he said. Okay, just make sure I had that right. Um, I don't remember any Cowboys players kneeling, though. So is this like a sign of, like, this is just Jerry trying to get attention again? Is Jerry being Jerry, or what's going on with this? That's what it is. Uh, He sees a way to to get the headlines. You know, that's what the Cowboys are about. Because the only time that they kneel was the time that he was out there with that blue jacket on, and uh, he got down there on the one knee. And he was in the middle, and the whole team was middle. They did that as a sign of unity. But I don't remember any Cowboys players specifically uh, middle. So, to me, that's why I didn't understand why he came out with this, because your team isn't the one that's really having the issues. You had our, the thing that he came out and said now was the thing that he was kind of saying back when the whole situation was at its, at its peak. So, basically, he reiterated what he said, but you already knew your players wasn't going to be an issue because you had already made these kind of statements way before now. That's the part that I didn't understand. Like, he had already said that he wanted his players to stand. And everybody knows in that organization when Jerry says something that he wants something, he's pretty much going to get it, whether you like him or not. Any, whatever, he put, what, whatever he puts out in that organization and he says he wants it, then that's what he wants. He's going to get it. So – to me, this is just another way to grab headlines. So this is Jerry, and I remember what you're saying too. Now that you mentioned it, that that was the, those were the Trump comments that these are the sons of you know what, uh, yeah. sons of female dogs, and then the solidarity came after that, and that's the first time. So appreciate you shedding some light mm-hmm. on that. DC, what's your mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on everything we're talking about, bro? It's a, it's basically what Trey said. Basically, just want attention and also. You, you know how the Cowboy fans are. They, as they so-called, call themselves America's team. So if you're America's team, you can't have none of your players kneeling. So they got to let their fans know this is 
still part of America. We're not kneeling. We're not disrespecting the flag because we all know how some of them cowboy fans are. I'm not going to say it on the radio, but we all know how they are. I forgot that, yo, you used the America scene angle. I like that. Drop the ball for the America scene angle. I like yes, that. I like that. I, do, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do. never, I never connected the America scene to it until just now, man. That's why I rock with y'all. That's why I rock with y'all. <laughs> All right, man. And um, by the way, uh, to the DJs and everything, we we in the thunderstorm mailbag. So can we get some of that thunderstorm mailbag background music? Yes, sir. There it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We 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 officially back in the mailbag now. We ended the mailbag in a while. Uh, from that trail, you and I had a heated exchange on our last conversation, man. <laughs> you and I talked about uh the guy from the guy from Golden State. What's the tall guy's name? From Golden State. Tell me his name again. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. <laughs> All right. So we talking about Kevin Durant, man. This is what I said in reference to Kevin Durant, man. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, ladies and gentlemen is a professional basketball player. That is his job. It doesn't seem like it's a job because it's real cool and he gets a lot more money than the rest of us and women follow him around and he doesn't have to do much to do this. And we can understand that because we're all cuter than he is. But Kevin Durant is a National Basketball Association athlete. That is his job. When he wakes up this morning, even if there's no basketball to play, he's still employed by the National Basketball Association and the Golden State Warriors. That is his job. It's a much cooler mm-hmm. job description than most of us have. But it's still his job. Why did he choose that job? Because it gave him financial freedom. Because it made him a legend. Because it made him successful. And to some extent, because it was a little bit easier than what he had been doing. His former employer mm-hmm. was the Oklahoma City Thunder. Have you ever been to Oklahoma City? The best part of Oklahoma City is the highway is getting you up out of Oklahoma City. <laughs> There's nothing to do in Oklahoma City. It is not Oakland. It is not interesting. It's Oklahoma City. Most of us, the old school in us, are still wishing that they would move back, them back to Seattle and become the Supersonics again. Because I still can't I'm imagine the National Basketball Association without Seattle. But we have what we have. We have a basketball franchise in Oklahoma City called the Thunder. And Kevin Durant was a disgruntled employee. So what did Kevin Durant do? He did what every single one of you people do in your lives. He got on, he got on job searches. He got on Indeed, <laughs> and he found out that the Golden State Warriors were hiring. And you know what he said? You know what? I'm getting me a better job. This is going to allow me to win championships. This is going to make me some money. This is going to make me successful. This is going to put me on TV more. It gets me away from coworkers I can't stand, like Russell Westbrook. All y'all do that your whole life. I put out a call a week ago. I asked somebody to call the show and tell me one person who intentionally goes out and finds the hardest way to success. Nobody was able to do that, honestly. Everybody picks their job based on how easy it's going to make their life. Everybody picks their job based on how much money they're going to get. Everybody decides, Mm -hmm. I need an easier ride. I'm working too hard. Everybody decides, Mm -hmm. I'm sick of working in this factory. I need me a desk job. I need to work in the air conditioning. Or even better, I need to find me a job where I don't do much at all. Nobody ever quits that job. (laughs) But you demonize Kevin Durant for taking the easy road to success. And I really got to call foul on some of y'all because I know some of y'all personally and y'all are bandwagon fans anyway. Don't get mad at the professional Mm -hmm. athlete 
who goes from team to team when you switch teams every time this, your favorite player switches jerseys. You used to be a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Then you became a Miami Heat fan. Then you became a Cleveland Cavaliers fan again, and now you like the Lakers. And you know why you did it. Because you were never really a fan of any of those teams anyway. You like LeBron. That's another reason why the NFL is so much better than the NBA. There's no loyalty in sports. The NFL pushed teams. They pushed the Shield. They pushed the Cowboys every Sunday at 4.15 or 4.30. Every Thanksgiving, you get the Cowboys. The NFL pushed teams. The New England Patriots, the Villains, the New York Giants, the G-Men, Big Blue, the Philadelphia Eagles, Fly, Eagles, Fly, the Dog Pound in Cleveland, Ford Field in Detroit, they pushed teams at you. The NBA decided they didn't want to do that. I don't know if y'all remember this, man, but back in the day, the NBA didn't even broadcast games live. You would get recorded programs that were already played, and sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't because people already knew the results of the game, but you were watching pre-air tapings of a basketball game. That changed when they brought out Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and they decided to push players. And that's why the NBA failed, because players move from team to team, players retire, players get old, players get hurt. And it's not by accident that all of a sudden, the same year, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird hit the NBA. One's black, one's white. One ends up on the East Coast, one ends up on the West Coast. One has showtime. One is supposed to be this blue-collar, hard-working team. All that wasn't by accident, man. But the problem is, Magic retires, and you don't like the Lakers anymore because you never liked the Lakers. You like Magic. You are bandwagon fans, and I'm about to create a bandwagon fan contract. Why do you really like your team? Is it because they started winning championships, New England Patriots fans? Is it because they're good right now, and I'm going to switch and become a Panthers fan when my team isn't doing well, Dallas Cowboy fans? Are you the loyal fan, like the Cleveland Browns who have had nothing to cheer for for years, and all of a sudden, the Cleveland Browns, man, are sold out, I think, for like the next five years. They don't win anything. They deserve a championship. Not the New England Patriots fan who only showed up because Belichick and Brady showed up. But you can do this, look yourself in the mirror, and then call yourself somebody who's going to criticize Kevin Durant for doing the exact same thing. I'm going to be honest with you, and I told Trail this the last time he was on the air. I know some of y'all personally that listen to us. If I ever hear a story about you deciding that you're not going to take the job that pays you the most, the job that pays you to win, because you you worried about being loyal to a company that's not even loyal to you, that will fire you tomorrow for somebody better, younger, stronger, smarter, whatever. If you're the lawyer that is the best lawyer in town, but you're not a part of the best legal team, the best law firm in town, I am not going to get mad at you for closing the doors of your practice and joining this law firm to create a better financial future for you, your family, so on and so forth. Kevin Durant did what all of y'all do every single day. Kevin Durant did nothing wrong, and y'all get the Petty Wap Award last week for criticizing this man. Trail, I know you got something to say about that one, too. Go ahead and hit me with it. <laughs> All right, now that we got this over with. All right. Okay. So, you said that if he got on Indeed and he looked up a job and he found out Golden State was hiring. Okay. Golden State was hiring and he took the position. So, so listen. 
But why he couldn't get on Indeed, look up a job and see that San Antonio was hiring. San Antonio was hiring. They needed they needed some help too. And I think that would have been a better yep. fit than uh than Golden State, a seventy nine a seventy three and nine win team that didn't need you. You could have went over there and been a vital piece and won a ring and did all the things you did and we wouldn't have had no issues with it. Once again, like I said last week, the only issue that anybody has ever had is the team he chose. I don't care that he left. Of course, I know he didn't like Russell. Well, I ain't going to even say he didn't like him. It's just they placed the Their playing styles didn't mix with each other. That's, that's fine. It's not the fact that he left. I don't care that he left. It's the team he chose. You could have went to the San Antonio Spurs. You could have went to the Boston Celtics. You could have went to my L.A. Lakers and won a ring and been just fine because you have the talent to do it. But you chose to go to a 73-9 and win team that did not need you. They already had a two-time MVP, and they already had championships before you got there. You're not bringing anything that they haven't seen before. If you go, because they had just won it the year before you came, if you go to the Spurs and bring them a championship, they ain't, they haven't seen a championship since the days of Tim, uh, since Tim Duncan beat uh, that Miami Heat team. It's been a little minute for them. You go to Miami. I think they're all right, though. They got four or something, don't they? <laughs> who? Who? Yeah, I think they're they building right. a championship they, for they, Don't they have, like, four? They all right. They all right, but. Okay, but I'm just saying, any team would have been better than a 73 and 9 win team. I, I'm just throwing out teams. You could have went anywhere. If he goes anywhere else, I mean anywhere, anywhere else, this is not a conversation. The reason why this is a conversation is because you went to a 73 and 9 win team. They did not need you. And on top of that, that was the team that put you out. You do not do that. I can't, that, like I said last week, that's like me fighting somebody and then me teaming up to fight with it. No, I'm not about to fight with you after you beat me up. No, it don't trail, work that Trail, way. trail, trail, trail. That is not the reason people are angry. You want to know the real reason people are angry? The only people Why, that have a problem with what Kevin, the only people that had a problem with what Kevin Durant did are people who go to work every day and don't make enough money and can't stand their job. And rather than having a little money at the end of the month, they got a whole lot of month at the end of their money. The money runs out, and I still got to get to the 30th, and I'm out, and we can't go to the grocery store. Those are the only people who are mad at Kevin Durant. You know why? Because they have sad in their own lives. They're mad because they can't go with a championship. They're mad because they can't be successful. That's what you're mad at. Because you feel good enough about this to leave the losing team to go get you a winning team next season. Last year, you were cheering for the Cleveland Browns. Now, all of a sudden, you like the Carolina Panthers when they're in the Super Bowl. And then the year after that, you like the next team that's in the Super Bowl. Nobody's loyal to anything except winning. There's nothing wrong with this brother saying, I'm leaving a floundering franchise, regardless of what it may have looked like. I'm leaving this franchise a greener pastures. In his mind, you're right. Maybe San Antonio was cool. But in Kevin Durant's mind, Golden State is the greener pasture. I'm going to win a championship next year. I don't have to work as hard. I don't have to carry a team. I can be surrounded by teammates I actually like instead of one that I don't. I can do this, and I can be happy. And there's absolutely nothing wrong for that. Because to your point, 
the New England Patriots didn't need Brandon Cooks either. They won the Super Bowl without him. What they do? They go get one of the top five receivers in the league. Nobody's mad at Brandon Cooks. And nobody's mad at Brandon Cooks because he left and went to a Los Angeles Rams team that doesn't seem to need him either because they got this high-powered offense. Nobody's mad about that. Nobody's mad when the lawyer leaves the small law firm to join the bigger law firm. Nobody gets mad at the salesman when he joins the best sales team, which is going to allow him to experience success off of the talent that he's been given. He's tired of carrying a, a, a whack sales force. He joins one with guys who are smarter, more intelligent, have a better product to sell. Nobody gets mad at the salesman Ooh, for doing that. Everybody gets mad at Kevin Durant for being successful. And you know who's mad at Kevin Durant, unsuccessful people. Nobody has successful people mad at Kevin Durant for what he did. How much time we got? How much time do we got? Tell me if you got We got about five minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Number one, you said, and I quote, wasn't nobody mad at Brandon Cooks when he went to the New England Patriots? Do you know why? Because we really didn't know what Brandon Cooks was going to turn out to be in that offense. Because we've seen. Yes, we did. On two it's Brandon oh, Cooks. No, we didn't. Huh, huh, huh. No, we didn't. Because we've seen two star receivers go over there, and they both turned out different. We've seen Randy Moss go over there. He came out with a record season. Then we've seen Chad Johnson go over there, and you couldn't find him. But then, Do not ever in the game so, in your life put Chad Johnson and, well, and Randy Moss in the same place. I should cut your mic off of that right there. But, but, but no, sir, this is why I'm saying it, though. Listen, you got to listen. Because before Chad, Chad Johnson left. Oh, now, oh, oh, you only got five minutes, so let me finish my statement. Oh, oh, time out. Because when Chad Johnson was in uh, Cincinnati, was he not their number one receiver? Yes or no? Chad Johnson is like Colin Kaepernick. He doesn't have the intellectual acumen. Chad Johnson was doomed to fail in a Patriots offense where they where they add to the offense every single week. Chad Johnson didn't even get on the field in New England because he wasn't smart enough to match the playbook. He's Colin Kaepernick, but he's a receiver. But time out. But did he not put up numbers with Cincinnati? Yes or no? That's all I want you to say. Yes or no? Did he not put up numbers? It's a loaded question. You can't ask that question without having to complete answer. Cincinnati's offense is nowhere near the offense uh-uh. that the Patriots uh-uh. was running. Uh-uh. 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 I don't care. We're comparing Marvin Lewis. You can... Oh, see, look, now you, now you do it. Now you see you, you messing up my question. He put up numbers with Cincinnati, yes, because that's, that's the answer you're okay. looking for. Okay, yes. He put up There's numbers. a reason why, too, Randy by Lewis. the way. Oh, oh but, but hey, hey. I don't care about the reason. I'm just telling you the man. Now, listen. He put up numbers with one team. He went to the Patriots, like you said, and we couldn't find him. So, therefore, we didn't know what Brandon Cooks would turn out to be because the only thing we knew about him was that he could run fast. He was a good. He was a great receiver in the offense that he was in. But, like you said, you just said it. Offenses can change the player's production. So, Brandon Cooks going to the Patriots, we don't know how that's going to turn out because you got to understand something. We knew we how Brad, we knew Brandon Cooks would be fine. What you mean to say no, is didn't. I didn't know. Because the rest of us no, knew that no, Brandon Cooks would be fine in the Patriots' offense. We knew that Randy Moss would be fine in the, in, the, in the Patriots' offense. We knew that. We knew if you gave Tom Brady a Hall of Fame-level receiver, Tom Brady was going to do something. And he broke – he went 16-0 trail, and he set the NFL touchdown record at the time. We knew so, that was um, possible. 
And all I'm saying, so and what you're saying is, are you proving my point? So, Nobody so got mad at Randy for going to the Patriots. Yeah, because by that time he was, they, they thought he was locked up. He was that was the time before he no, was they didn't. But Trail, I don't know where you're getting your information from, bro. Nobody thought that. Wait, wait, Nobody thought that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Randy Moss is a machine. Randy Moss is a machine. Randy Moss. Okay, Randy me, Moss me, was me, on the same field with Chris Carter. Hold Chris on. Carter is a Hall of Famer. Chris Carter might be one of the top five wide receivers of all time. And Chris Carter looked at Randy Moss and said, this is the best athlete I've ever seen. Randy oh, Moss is something on, special. Me, Randy Moss let me, let me was so gifted that Randy Moss said, I am so lazy that I can only, I'm only going to work hard enough to get open five times a game, and nobody's going to stop me when I do it. Randy right, Moss sat there and said, I'm only going to work hard enough. Okay, this is right. I'm gonna, let me let me let, let me change that. When I said I don't I don't mean to say washed up. Washed up was my was the wrong choice of words. What I meant was he was having problems in that Oakland offense to where he wasn't putting up the numbers where everybody where everybody was used to. So when he left Oakland, people thought that he may have lost a step or that his motivation wasn't there. Now. I'm not saying the man was washed up. I think everybody thought I said I would never say that about Randy Moss because, like y'all said, he's a physical freak. He's the one that has the term Moss theme. Like, that was Randy Moss. Randy Moss did that. Ain't nobody else do that. So I'm not saying he's washed up. I'm not saying that everybody ever thought he was washed up. What I'm saying was when he left Oakland, people was questioning whether he really wanted to play football again. So. Nobody wanted to play football in Oakland. Not to Derek Hogg. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, nobody was motivated at Oakland. I mean, but yeah, we we. I really don't remember. I don't remember they they hired Tom. Oakland hired Tom Cable as the coach. I don't know who their quarterback was. They had no idea what they were doing. I mean, they didn't. Um, Some days I still wonder they still know what they're doing. But um, it's but yeah, they they drafted Jamarcus Russell. See, that tells you everything you need to know about Oakland. Yeah, they drafted (laughs) Jamarcus. But um, but um, not what I'm saying is so. We've seen, you know, okay, I'm going to put it like this since everybody was getting on about Chad Johnson. We've seen presumed stars, people that, you know, we thought were stars, go to New England and have problems, and we've seen some pan out to be just what we thought they were. So with Brandon Cook, um, we didn't, and, and I had a question about it, and I know a lot of people did because we know Tom Brady that had, Tom Brady and that Gronk situation is a strong, that's a strong connection, and we don't know. If you bring in another star receiver, how that's gonna fit in? Just like, and he had Edelman on the other side, so you gotta understand something. It's only one football to go around to those three targets. Now I don't know if everybody gonna touch it. So it's, you can say everybody. But it's cool though, cause you got number twelve star in that football. Everything is good in New England. Everything's great. Exactly, but but you but you still gotta see how it fits in. So what I mean, and I'm not saying. And then uh, on your statement about Brandon Cooks going to the Rams, I really think they need him now because you gotta remember. They lost Sammy Watkins, and um, I, you're true. You're and right about they that. needed they 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 needed they really do need Brandon Cook. I feel like he's gonna be a great you're asset right about to that. I think I think that's a better fit than the New England fit, to be honest, because he can actually show what he has, and I don't think it's as much pressure. Because while the Rams had you know playoff success last year, they are never they ain't on the championship pedigree level of the Patriots. So now I think the pressure comes down just a little bit, and uh, he gets to really showcase what he got while being a number one receiver. So that's all I'm going to say about that, though. Uh, with Kevin Durant saying, 
I'm gonna just end it like this. I feel like he could have went to another team and been the same great Kevin Durant we know him to be, and he would have been just fine. He could have won rings, and his legacy would have been uh, cemented forever. But now, what? However many rings he wins and uh, go to state, you're gonna have to put an asterisk beside it because we don't know if you can go to a team and leave them by yourself. So I just think that messed up his legacy. When it comes to talking about the great, his name may be mentioned top five, but he'll never get to that number one like every player uh, aspires to be because you went and joined the team that didn't need it. But that's just another story for another day, but I'm done. Time to tell. Time to tell. I see what you're saying about everything except the asterisk. I mean, I go the other way. I believe that people who hate Kevin Durant are sad people and the misery loves company. We just, we're on different sides of the fence. <laughs> Old school bus, man. We're going Prince, and then we got to do a Drake album review. The champion on the old school bus, Prince, Diamonds and Pearls.
times in the history of the storm. Well, a song retires as a champion without being beaten. I don't think we can beat this song. That's just me. But why would we? It's Prince. Diamonds and Pearls is champion on the old school bus. The challenger is on the way, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a special surprise for y'all tonight. We haven't done it since we uh, did Lemonade um, close to two years ago, but it's time to do another Thunderstorm Time to do another Thunderstorm album review, man. And though it's been out for a yes. couple of weeks, the fans have spoken. They asked us to give a real serious listen to Drake's album because nobody has picked on Drake more than I have over the last couple of years. They said, man, stop playing. Give it an honest listen. Tell us what you really think. Be impartial. Listen to it like it's not Drake, but listen to it like it's just music. And that's exactly what I did. Cue the music. It's time for our Drake album good. review. Ladies and gentlemen, Drake's new album, Scorpion, as long as I don't know what, it's longer than Roots. <laughs> this is an album with 25 songs on it. Good God Almighty. It took everything I had to do it. We were supposed to do this album review about a week and a half ago. I couldn't do it because I couldn't make it through the first 10 songs. But I eventually put in the work ethic that I'm known for. I strapped myself to a seat, and I listened to all 25 songs of this long album. Uh, really much falls in the double CD class. Uh, side A consists of 12 songs, 31 minutes, 12 seconds. Almost too long for a single album. But then you got 13 more because you got to listen to when that chops in at 48 minutes and 32 seconds. The album is called Ooh. Scorpion. The first song on this album, Survival. Writers, Aubrey Graham, D.R. Wilson, Noah Shabib, Claus Mitchell, and something called Manuel Landy. <laughs> Producers, the great Noah I.D., a man I ain't got nothing but respect for, and something called Noah Forty Shabib. The length, 2 minutes, 16 seconds. Fellas, I ain't gonna lie to you. When I heard this song, I actually thought that I was wrong, and Drake was the greatest rapper of all time. I got survival in the A-plus category. Nothing wrong with this song. And it made me make up a word, mm-hmm. uncriticizable. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with this record. What you got on Survival? Uh, this is one of my five. This is one of my five that I like. Survival was a nice track. I will give that. I, now I like this. I don't think there's like you said. There's nothing wrong with this one. So let's keep it moving. 
right, we keep it rolling. And DC, what you got on survival? Were you feeling survival or not? And I agree. I give it an A plus. It was a nice little start off song to this album. All right, survival gets an A plus from everybody. Everybody, clean sweep on the song. We have given survival an A plus. I listened to this song. I thought I was in for a treat, and then it happened. The second song came on, nonstop, <laughs> three minutes fifty eight seconds. Uh, I I I started thinking about words like bland. Um, I I don't know how to I don't know how to qualify this except to say that it's just a good record, not a great record, and it sounds even worse after surviving such a great record in survival, which I think is actually too short at two minutes and sixteen seconds. DC, your opinion on nonstop? To be honest, when I first heard the song, I wanted it to stop. I was not feeling this song. It. I mean, when you go for surviving, you go to this. It, it, it didn't work for me. It, it, it may, it may get a, a strong C, maybe. Right. Uh, I give it a C. I give it a C plus. What you got on that trail? What you got on all stuff? Um, because I felt like, I felt like when when I'm listening to music, I try to find things that stand out and it's different from everything I've heard or something different than what I've heard. With this song, I felt like he was trying to fit too much into the the music that we hear today. Like, so I really mm-hmm. like it because it, it just feel like instead of making your own lane, he tried to kind of fit into what everybody's doing with nonstop, and I didn't like it. So for me, I say get about I say about a C minus for me. Yeah, I give I give you high five on that. So what was your grade? What was your grade DC on nonstop? I give a strong C. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and get at three C pluses for nonstop. A uh, bit of a letdown after a strong opening and survival. Um, kind of the equivalent to being a boxer throwing a real strong first punch and then getting knocked out the rest of the, the round. Elevate, the third song on the album. Personally, I listen to Elevate, fellas, and this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Drake is somewhere listening to DNA, and he tried to make his own version of DNA. He did all right. So we rebounded from the badness of nonstop to elevate. I actually got elevated as an A minus, but I think it's a DNA copy. What do y'all think? Oof, Oof, elevate. I give you that. I mean, elevate. I I, I guess I just let it slide with it with an A. I guess. Uh-huh. No, you know what? I actually like elevate. Elevate takes me back to the the Drake that first came out. When he was making the, when he was on the features with Trey Songs, and uh, when he first came out with that, "Baby, uh, you my ass, you all ever want." Like I like that Drake. So this one put me in the mm-hmm. mind of that old school Drake. This one I can get with. He gets the a, a A for me on this. He went from strong in survival to bland and nonstop, back to strong and elevate, and then. Emotionless comes on, and we go right back to bland. And I'm starting to feel like this is the Drake I know and love. Inconsistency. What do y'all think? I got him in the C minus. Now, was it was this a song where he talked about his son? Is this is this a song? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's called Emotionless. I felt emotionless when I was listening to it. I couldn't tell you what he was talking about. <laughs> I just know I was trying to get the next record. I cheated. Okay, now. Yeah, okay, now this is a song, besides that, I didn't like that one line when he talked about the son part I didn't really like because I wasn't believing it. I actually like this. This takes me back to the Drake that I used to like, the mixtape Drake. That is, that's the feeling mm-hmm. I got from him off this song. 
But that's just my opinion. I give it. I give it an A on emotionally. I give it a B minus. I like it. B minus for sure. I give it a B minus. I really like this because, like he said, it takes me back to that old Drake. So I like it. All right. God's plan, I don't think, is one of the greatest records I've ever heard from Drake. Um, at this point, oh I'm God. sitting here thinking, honestly, once I get to song number five on side A or whatever it is, because, I mean, I don't I don't get CDs anymore, man. I download MP3s, and I go to iTunes, and I got an Apple iTunes account, mm-hmm. and I got a Tidal account, and I got an Amazon Music account. <laughs> so I don't know what side A comes from anymore. But God's plan, man, um, I was, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, man. Um, and part of me is feeling like, dang, I still got 20 more songs to listen to. But God's plan was like, listen, I get that a B plus. Uh, God's um, plan for me, um, B, for the video, the video, I give it an A. The song, is, I, I give it a B, just because it was hot. But yeah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. I hate to be the very bad news. Y'all drinking the Kool Aid? I'm spitting it out. Uh. Okay. This was one of them. This was one of them bland songs for me. I felt like <laughs> uh, I felt like he could have been more creative because I've seen Drake be more creative than God's plan. So, like I said, I just I give it a C plus, but I, I'm I'm not feeling the God's plan. All right, we got a clean sweep on um, Survival Nonstop and Elevate. We split on Emotionless and God's plan. Uh, that brings us to a song that should have been an ode to Drake's whole career. I'm upset. Drake, uh, <laughs> the, the album is called Scorpio. Scorpion. He is a Scorpio. We all know that he's petty. Those of y'all that know me know that the Petty Waffle War was created because of Drake. <laughs> Drake's whole career to me, man, is the equivalent of that episode of Degrassi where he couldn't get an erection, and I think he's been trying to show us that he can get one ever since. I'm upset. <laughs> I hate it. I don't like it. My lowest grade so far on this album, I give it an F. Man, this this track, I'm upset. I don't like it. It's always bad enough he light skin. You know what I'm saying? He a Scorpio. He making all light skin, but that Scorpios look bad. They be nothing but emotional. I ain't got time for this. I hate it. Upset. <laughs> um, all I'm going to say is this. This came out after the beef with him and Pusha T. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's about? I okay, hate- okay. I didn't know what this song was about. <laughs> I'm, hold on. I'm not saying that this is what it's about, but I know it came out okay. like around that time when they were okay. beefing. But I really don't like this Cool. Song. I probably... Uh, I hate it. i probably give it about a D. I'll give it a D. All right. Looks like the lowest grade so far on everybody so far as uh, scales goes. I'm upset. Which brings me to song number seven. And fellas, again, I ain't gonna lie to you. After six songs, I'm like, I still got 19 of these. I don't remember anything out of eight out of ten. So I'm undecided on this. <laughs> All I remember was Hold I was still upset about I'm upset. <laughs> which one? Which uh, song one number seven. Uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Song number seven. I was, I was, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I was still hurt by I'm upset, and I was still a little tra- torn up by that. But I couldn't hit the repeat button good to go back to the beginning of this song, so I just wrote it out. I'm undecided on this. I didn't listen. I give it no grace. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I actually, you know what? I actually kind of, I, I, I give it a B minus because I it was certain parts about it that I liked, and then it was certain parts where I was just like, why? 
so mm-hmm. because because I really like like I said, he had some parts and I was like, okay, I can get with that because it was like he was showing me flashes of what he used to be, and then he took it to what he is now. I couldn't get with it, so mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, yeah. So I I give it a B. I give it a B. You know, I, I, I'm gonna be nice. Uh, see, that's that's why I'm not I'm not gonna be nice. I don't even I'm like GT. I don't remember nothing from that song. It, it's just, it's just one of them songs you just coast through, you know, while you're walking and you ain't your thoughts. So it nothing caught my attention. Oh, it wasn't interesting. Oh, and I'm a, I'm gonna give it an F. Oh man! Oh boy! <laughs> while we giving out while we giving out F, fellas, I gotta give out another one. That brings us to mob ties. Now I saw the title, so I kind of laughed a little bit. I was like, I hope he ain't talking about himself. He's got to be talking about them dudes he rolled with, because Drake rolled with some official people like Jay Prince from Rap a Lot. I don't know if y'all know this, but Jazz Prince is actually who discovered Drake and put Drake on. So they got some mob yeah. ties, but Drake ain't got none. But ain't nobody gonna <laughs> really mess with Drake because of who he rolled with. But uh, mob ties. Uh, we back to Kool Aid, and I ain't drinking it. Um, somebody didn't put enough sugar in the Kool Aid or something, man. I got an F on my side. Yep, same here. Didn't like it. I don't. Big. It goes back big to fat. It's, it goes. Mm, big fat red right. F for me, man. Mm-mm. All right, we got we got three. <laughs> I, I got three straight songs. I think right now I got. I'm upset. Eight out of ten in my size. I was undecided on eight out of ten. I got to give up my third straight F on number nine, man. Can't take a joke. I'm starting to feel like this album is a joke. And I'm mad because somebody actually told me to listen to this. Can't take a joke. I'm giving it another F. Oh, Oh, oh boy. Uh, You know what? It's, it's, yeah, it's an F. It's an F. I'm trying to find... You're this trying to find a simple item where it is one, Trail. This is a terrible song, yeah. man. Let's move. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you why. Because I feel like this is the lane that Drake is trying to get into, and he's trying to force himself into that lane, and it's not working. Like, okay. go back to what you used to do. Go back to the singing and rapping. Go back to that. This, you trying to be this hard rapper, it don't work for you. That's not your style. Give me a little singing yeah. in now and then, you know, huh? And then go back to rapping. Like, that's what he do. That's why we love Drake. We don't love him for the, the straight rapping. He can't do that. I I feel like he was talking about the I go the other way. I feel like Drake lyrically does some clever stuff, and I think that's the reason why Drake has lasted this long. Um, we always talk about you got to have that club record. You always got to have that that radio record or whatever, but it's always people that can rap, and it's always people who are clever with their wordplay, and it's always people who got a little extra in the tank that, that stay around. I think that's why Drake has stayed around, but... Uh, can't take a joke was a joke for me, man. Thank God it was only two minutes and forty three seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm about to say when he say can't take a joke, I thought he was referring to himself because he's all so sensitive about a whole bunch of stuff. But F, move on to the next song. All right, now, yeah, I feel like I'm letting you fellas, I feel like I'm letting you fellas down now because now I'm listening to this album at one o'clock in the morning, right? And uh, yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Sanders Rose comes on, I fell asleep, dog. For three minutes and thirty three. <laughs> Once again, I got to give a grade of undecided on Sergeant Rose, man, because I woke up and it was over, and we was on Talk Up featuring Jay-Z. What y'all got on Sergeant Rose, because I can't help you. I can't either. I mean, I, mean, I listen to Sergeant Rose. I'm undecided. 
I, I felt I felt like it was again back to the old Drake kind of feel. So I kind of liked it. I give it a B plus, but that's just my opinion. All right, well, we already got, got one go grade. We can give you for Sizer's Rose, and it's a B plus. So we got to roll with DC's B plus. The only guy on the three man panel to actually listen to the record. Talk up is next, number eleven, featuring Jay Z. And the only thing I remember thinking, fellas, was when I looked at the liner notes, I said, thank God, Jay-Z is on this album. <laughs> thank God DJ Paul produced it. Talk Up did nothing for me until Jay-Z showed up. And just on the strength of a legend, I got to put this song in the B+. Jay-Z saved it single-handedly. Uh-uh. He did. Uh-uh. He did uh-uh. to Drake. Uh-uh. Jay-Z did uh-uh. to Drake on his album when Eminem did to Jay-Z on his. That's what he did. Oh, no, I gotta wait a minute. No, time out. No, not going to let you do this. Eminem on that Renegade was beast. He was fire. J- Jay-Z couldn't spend a chance. Jay-Z with Drake, this that was god awful. It was straight trash. Oh, my God. Like, okay. It, this song was awful. Right. Okay, let's let's go. All right. When I tell you this was some trash, I mean garbage. Like, for Jay-Z, I expect more because he more. is a legend. From Drake, Thank you. if you're going to have a legend on your track, I expect more from you because you want to outdo the legend. Thank you. I did not like this song at all. That, mm-hmm. it gets a D, I said D plus. I give it a D plus. Boy, you being I nice, I give this like an F. Are you we got a D, we got a D, we got an F, and we got my B plus. And the only reason I'm giving a B plus is Jay Z is on it. Last song mm-hmm. on the first CD. Is there more? Unfortunately, there is. There are 13 more tracks. <laughs> <laughs> is there more? What's horrible? But it does give me what I was just talking about, Drake. I miss Drake because I don't know who did it first, but one day Drake. And I think some of the younger guns in, like, the hip-hop industry who are pretty much the guys now, I kind of throw Drake in that category. I throw Kendrick Lamar in that category. I throw J. Cole in that category. The only problem I have with J. Cole is J. Cole, like, woke up one day and decided he wanted to be Drake. So he started doing his impersonation of Drake on his album. And I think sometimes Drake does that with Kendrick. Drake tries too much to be Kendrick. Like Elevate trying to make him a DNA record And it didn't work But Drake's wordplay Is always what stood out with me about him Because the dude is clever with his words And sometimes I can listen to him and smile And it brings him back to lyricism um, This is my favorite line on this whole CD I like Houston girls My moral compass breaks in the south I love it to death <laughs> uh, I like it I'm going to give Is There More I'm going to give it, Is There More a strong B plus Not quite an A but I'm going to give it a B plus I agree. I agree. This is one of the songs I like. This is one of the songs I really like on on this album. I give it a B. It get a B for me. I give it a B. It's alright. Because this took me right, back to we, We've officially previewed twelve songs that are still thirteen to go. We're not even halfway done with this long, long album. I'm telling you, this thing is long in the roots. No, no. Peak is next. Peak. Yeah, I think it's where this album peaks. Peak is good music. Produced by 40. I got to get this one. This is right after Survival, the intro cut. I think this is my second favorite song on the album. Um, 
I don't understand why he can do records like this and then give me like mob ties. So peak is where I see the greatness that Drake is capable of, and this is where I kind of, I kind of, I kind of get upset with him too. So A plus for me. Uh, but but I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. And this, this is who we gotta give credit to. He always has these kind of performances when him and Forty get together. I was just about to say that. So when him and Forty okay. get together, this is what he does. Because Forty has produced a lot of Drake's number one hits. So mm-hmm. when I, I love this one by Drake because probably because Forty produced it. I don't know what it is about Forty, but when Drake get with Forty, it's like a it's like a connection that it, he he does his best work with Forty. So I'm gonna give this one a B plus. I like this. One. Yeah, I like, I like this one too. It's just, it's, just, it's just the Drake and Forty right. combination. I'm like, I'm like Trey. I don't yeah, know what like, it is. It's just good. When they when they get together, he really does his best work with Forty. So what I'm hearing is Drake just need to do a whole album with Forty and just stop messing with these other producers. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, right. that's 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 the game. Summer Games isn't really what I would consider the typical hip hop record, but I like Summer Games. I think this is him being trying to be creative. I think this is good music. I gave it an A minus. Uh, hmm. okay. I ain't gonna go that far. I said B minus. I give it B minus because this is also produced by Forty, by the way. Forty and No ID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling yeah. you, like when when it got Forty involved anywhere in it, it can't go no lower than a, than an A or a B because I don't. It, I think I think what happened is for, to me and and people might say I'm crazy, but in in some way I think Forty helped Drake develop. His style, so he did. It, it's almost like that teacher that knows a student, or like a parent that knows their child so well. Like I don't have to be in front of my child to to know what they're doing. Like if you tell me something my child doing, I can tell you if he did it or not because I know my child. That's just like Forty and Drake. He knows his style Ooh. so well that only he can recreate it. Can't nobody else recreate what Forty does because they got that kind of connection. So anything with forty on it is gonna be a good song, and, and this is no exception. I give it a B. I give, matter of fact, I give it a B plus. I give it a B. All right, we're up to number four. Uh, we got nice for what? I like this song for two reasons: because of the Lauryn Hill sample, oh, I love it. and because I got so many, I got so many family in New Orleans that introduced me to bounce in the first place. So the bounce influence is kind of in there and everything, and um. I'm actually starting to feel at this point of the second album that Drake might be on to something. He eventually let me down, but at this point, I'm actually thinking he might be on to something. And I'm thinking, nice for what I'm like, yo, we just strung together like four straight nice records. So I gave it a B plus. Uh, this is my ringtone. So <laughs> I, 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 I just want to put that out there. This is my ringtone, the clean version. Uh, I, I love this song. This is probably... This is my favorite song on the album. I give it a plus. Because okay, when I first heard this, sample, I like how I like how it come in. If if Trey, let me get a word in. When I first heard the song, you know, it caught me. I loved it. But when I seen the video, it I I adored it. The video is what got me, so I give it an A plus. All right, 
Now, after I give Drake credit for giving me four straight nice records, he goes right back to being that inconsistent Drake again, and then Finesse comes on. Finesse almost put me to sleep, man, but I didn't think it was bad music, so I gave Finesse a B-. minus. I give it a D. A D? I give it a D. Wow. <laughs> I I wouldn't say a B. I actually I I'm gonna give no I'm gonna give it a B. I like Finesse. Who's okay with me? All right. Ratchet Happy Birthday is number six. And man, I'm gonna be honest with you, mm. like I told you I started listening mm. to this this joint like one o'clock in the morning. By this time it's like two twenty five. And I don't know if I was sleepy or these 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 new vitamins they kicked in or what was going on, but when Ratchet Happy Birthday came on, it sounded like either the beat was off beat or he was off beat or a combination of the two. I wasn't feeling this one, so I gave that an F. Biggest an F for me too. I don't like it at all. I think, like I said, this goes back to the him trying to fit into a lane that just he don't need to try to fit into. I don't like it. Exactly. This this song sounded ratchet. F. That's how you feel. Um, kind of a short record, but I I don't need know what to say about this one. It's okay. That's it. It's just an okay song. I uh, yeah, that's, that's that pretty much sums it up for me. It was okay. Was I got a D. D. I got a D. All right, so Blue Tick comes on, and I'm thinking to myself, when in the world is this album going to end? I ain't going to lie to you, fellas. I was told to give this thing an honest listen. I skipped through Blue Tick, I think, at about the 30-second mark to go to In My Feelings. And just off that alone, I gave Blue Tick a D. Didn't listen to it enough to give it an L, so I gave it a D. I listened to it. Uh, 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 Blue Tick, D. Mm. <laughs> I I don't like it. I give it a D minus. I'm close to saying F, but I'm gonna give it a D minus. Okay. Um, there's a part of Drake's personality where I think Drake sometimes I don't know what he's doing. I think he wants to be Sade. I really listen to Drake, and I think I'm listening to Sade records, and this is one of those times. And again. With it being so late in the evening, I don't know if I was tripping or if I actually heard Michael Jackson or that. Michael Jackson would have never showed up to do this song if he was actually alive. But I'm thinking that's who I heard. Yeah, don't matter to me. Uh, that was okay. That oh. was Mike. Okay. Um, that was Mike. That was Mike. This is this is Drake trying to be Sade again to me. I don't like it. I'm not feeling it. I gave it a D. Um, I'm gonna give it an F, and this is why. Because if Michael Jackson's family heard this song, they would be upset. That we all I gotta say is I'm surprised. I'm surprised Tito ain't find Drake. It. You know what? Never mind. I'm gonna skip with that. F. Just just go oh, on. Uh, yeah. Let's get an F from me. Just go on. All right. After dark. It. I remember looking at the thing, and at this point, what I had been, fellas, was you know the little function you have on the joint where you can actually, you can actually play the timer forward, and you're watching it go from 30 seconds to 35, 
And then you got that other function on the menu where you can actually, like, do the countdown, see how many songs, you, something much time you got left. I remember turning on yeah. After Dark, and it seemed like it had been on forever, and I'm watching the countdown, and there was still four minutes left, so I skipped it. And I gave After Dark. <laughs> I gave After Dark a B-minus, man. That's one of them songs. This is one of those songs that I'm really undecided on. All I, I got to say is this dude is bringing people back from the dead and still can't keep a, a hot track. Like, I, I, I don't understand. I didn't like it. This this is an F2. You got two more left. Final Fantasy is a really cool game on the PlayStation. It is not a really cool song on Drake's album. Final Fantasy for me gets an F. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was disappointed in Final Fantasy. I I don't understand it. Like, I get an F for me too, just because I I don't understand how you can give us songs like Nice for What and some of the other ones that I really liked on that song and come out with these. I don't. Yeah, get an F for me. He gonna need he gonna need another Wayne and Nicki feature to help him out with this album. F. All right, so we made it. I after what seemed like three hours, after what seemed like, it seemed like most of my life, after sitting there having thoughts in my head, like, I just spent hours listening to this album that I will not ever be able to get back. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself that, good God, how long is this album, when is this going to end? Fellas, I'm going to be honest with you, man, I cheated. March 14th came on. And I sat there and said, hey, DC and Trail are going to be on the show. I just let them read it. I just cut it off. <laughs> I didn't listen to March 14th. I was just glad it was over. <laughs> uh, for me, I'll I, I, I give it a C plus. Because for me, it, like, once again, it was certain parts that I, I liked. And then it was certain parts I was just like, why? So for me, it get a, it, I give it a C plus. He didn't finish strong for me on the song like how he used to do. I, it was horrible, man. Drake disappointed me on this whole album. I, this was an F2. All right, my overall grade for Scorpion Man, I said there were some highlights. There were some great records. There were some records that I felt like if they, he'd have put about five or six more of those on the joint, I felt like I would have given a much higher grade. But it was too much inconsistency. It was too much bringing me up to let me down. It was like, it reminded me of an ex-girlfriend I had, man, who I just stayed with too long, man. And I just kept riding with this girl because every once in a while she would do something great and I'd start believing again. And then she would let me back down. And then she'd do something and I'd start believing again. <laughs> and that's what I feel like when I'm listening to Scorpion, man. Overall grade for me on Scorpion, man, I got a C- minus. High D plus at the best. What y'all got? Well, I got a C minus. For me, it's a C minus. The overall grade. I just give it a C. It was alright. That's it. That's your album review on Drake Scorpion. Well, I know we're gonna get some, some emails about that one. Oh, the Drake fans oh. are gonna be angry. I, I understand, but you oh. know you can't do it. It don't matter because to be honest, I did. No, no, because I'm a Scorpio. I share a birthday with this man. I'm white-skinned, too. He he let us all down. He let me down the most. You know what I'm saying? I'm hurt. Oh, 
I'm upset. I'm upset. You know what I'm saying? Why? I'm, I'm about to go. I'm about to go get in the tan. I'm about to go get in the sun and get me a tan to be dark skin. I can't be light skin no more because of drinking this album. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, that's what you're doing now? You, you take the skin tone because it's scorpion? Like, wow. Like, like he said, I'm upset. Oh, my oh, gosh, man. man. Old school bus, man. I I got an idea for the old school bus, man, but we don't know how we're going to be Prince, man, so we had to start looking at other genres of music, man. Craig up the old school bus and challenges more the heritage for the first time in reggae. If you think the judgment started, there's so much more left to come. Yeah. If you think you've been not there's so much more to run. Yeah. If you think you've been not blocking, there's so much more left to run. Ah, we feel it for the children, for the world that they know it will not last alone. If you think the judgment started, politicians selling corruption. What's up, one is just preliminary action. These are the days known as the eve of destruction. With politics misleading every nation. Now behold your mighty army. Natural disasters greater than the great tsunami. Oh, prophets of all this judgment yet to come. So if you think the judgment started, there's so much more left to come. Yeah. And if you think it's been up till then, there's so much more left to run. Yeah. And if you think it's been up like that, there's so much more left to run. Ah, feel it for the children, for the world as they know it will not last alone. Just like the youth, they mirror the street, let up the runners of them seats. Killing one another just to make ends meet. After this system of them weak, sex and violence, them a preach. Prostitution's got so much business in the street. Oh, where to face so much more compared to what's to come. Ace is just a star. Hell in the hands, guys, our only friends. Our judgment, there we are, down the road. And if you think this should not happen, there's so much more left to come.
marriage is equal. All men are created equal. Marriage has to have both sides working, and it's got to be that threefold cord. You got to have God in the middle of it because I was married to a saved woman, and mine didn't work. Marriage is tough. We got different roles in the household. We got different forces in the household, but she's walking with me side by side. That's why it's flesh of my flesh. She came from his rear. She came from his side. Not behind him, Muslims. Not behind him, Hindus. By his side. Um, as a man, the first thing I learned about in my marriage feeling was even though it takes two people to make something work, it also takes two people to mess something up. And even though both of us are equally responsible for messing up what God put together, it's still my responsibility because I'm the head of the household. You got certain responsibility as a man. You set the tone. You're the you're the uh, you're the minister of the house. All this stuff is your job. And the reason a lot of marriages fail, brothers, is because you have no idea what it is that you're supposed to be doing in the first place. Y'all don't understand how marriage is supposed to work. You don't even understand that you're supposed to be hearing from God and the fact that, you know, he's given you dominion or an authority over the house. He's made you the pastor of the house. The, the responsibility of everybody getting to heaven is your responsibility. It's your job to teach them who Jesus is. It's your job to get everybody praying. It's your job to take everybody to the church on Sunday. It was never meant for the husband to stay at home on on Sunday while mama took all the kids to church. Y'all are failing. And a lot of reasons women fail in marriage is because they are not getting with men who know their responsibility. Everything in life is based off his life source. As a man, your life source is God. That's your root. That's what you're supposed to be tapped into. That's that's you're the electrical cord. That's the electricity. That's the that's the outlet in the wall. That's what you plug into. A woman is then supposed to be attached to the side of her husband. That's where she comes in. That's where her life source is because God isn't talking to her. He's talking to him. And the reason that Adam and Eve had their problem was because God gave the vision to Adam. And he never told Eve what the vision was, so then a serpent walks in, and the serpent destroys the whole house because the house is now out of order. Fellas, if you do things in accordance to the way marriage is supposed to work, it's equally rewarded for both people. The wife will help you, and she'll get behind you. Let me tell you something about women because we've bastardized what marriage is in the first place. Number one, we were given different functions. It tells men... He who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor in the Lord. It also tells um, it's, it, it also tells a man that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. It tells it tells men to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now Christ died for the church. Are you willing to die for your wife? Are you willing to die for your family? It tells women to submit to their husbands. Now this is what's confusing about it, fellas, and this is what's actually interesting to me. Number one. If God would have told men to submit and for women to love, there'd have been no issue. Women love naturally. They love men who are worthy of loving. They love their children. Women are love vessels, and they built with love as their core. It became a problem when you tell a man to love a woman, because we got to work on that. We got to get some help. We don't know how we're supposed to be doing this. We don't know we're supposed to be taking help. We're not. We are not in familiar with what we're supposed to be doing. So we start messing up this concept. But the reason is. God didn't make it easy because he knows you, in order to even love your wife, you got to come to him for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fellas, if you're a husband 
and you're not praying, there's a reason why your marriage ain't working, and it's not necessarily your wife's fault. If you want to kill a plant, you ain't got to shoot the plant. You ain't got to set the plant on fire. All you got to do is pull the plant up by its root, and the plant dies. When you're a man and you're not connected to God and leading your family with what he's telling you to do, you have screwed the whole thing yes, up. And everything that goes wrong yes, with this sir. marriage is your fault. Yes, sir. It tells you to love your wives. It tells women to submit because men submit all the time. Hey, baby, what you want to eat? It don't matter. You want to go to the movies? That's cool. What you want to see? Whatever you want to watch. We submit all the time. We <laughs> work and submit. We submit to our wives. But that yes, would have been sir. easy. It's harder for us to love. It would have been easy for women to love. It's harder for them to submit. But let me tell you what a woman will submit to. If she's waking up in the middle of the night and she see you on your knees praying, women will rock with you. They will ride with you. They will not give you no problems because they know who you're talking to, especially if she's a saved woman. This is how women work, man, even if she don't even understand the plan. You can give her the craziest sounding plan, but she know where it came from and who you're talking to. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm with you. And when you can understand mm-hmm. that, when you can operate marriage the way it's supposed to be operated in, because that's why we got women marrying women now, we got men marrying men now, because we forgot that marriage is not a social institution. This is not something America set up. This is something God set up, and he told you how he wanted you to do it. And when you do it the way he told you yes, to do it, sir. both sides win. That's yeah. what I got. Yes, sir. Oh, boy. The yes, collection sir. plate yes, is coming sir. to my home. Yes, sir. <laughs> I have preached. I'm done. Yes, Yes, sir. Oh boy. Um, man, you, I I don't even want to touch it to be honest. You put, you, I mean, you put it out. But the one thing I will say is, um, the I think we have to have balance, uh, balance in every aspect of of the marriage because every it's almost like being on a team. Everybody got to play their role so that all the pieces can work together. Um, you know, as long as it's a good balance and everybody understands their role and plays their role, um, I'm I'm happy with it. I think a marriage can be beneficial for both. To answer the question, a marriage can be beneficial for both as long as everybody knows their role and they actually is doing what is required of them. I think a lot of the times where people go wrong. It is they're either doing too much because the one thing we see in a marriage is it's it's really a couple of things that can that can tear marriage apart. That's the money, the mm-hmm. commitment, mm-hmm. or having to be stretched out and doing too much of too much of something when you feel like you're being pulled in too many different places. So because when the money's good, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and everybody stay connected to God, everybody's happy. So the one thing you have to do is I got to pull my weight and the person I'm with has to pull theirs. And we have to understand that it's not a me trying to pull my weight so I can say me, 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 me. But it's because I want us to function as a whole. And as the man, that's my, that's the role that I'm supposed to, you know, partake in. Every, when you growing up with fathers, uh, like my father, he teaches me, you know, you have to be the man of the household because that's what most households uh, are taught. So we have to understand that your balance is knowing your role, playing your position, and doing it to the best of your abilities so that whenever we're bringing up the next generation, 
we don't have so much of men with men and women with women, but we have men that's willing to say, I want my family together with, with it being more men and women. So I feel like, you know, that's a big part of the next generation, and that's what we got to get back to. Mm-hmm. All right, and I agree with both of y'all. It's basically a team effort. Everybody has to know their part, and whatever your partner's lacking in, it has to be your strength. If your partner can't do a certain thing, that's where you need to be good at it, or they, they pick you because that's what you do. You either got the brains, the bronze, whatever. Like, and, and it also goes to just other things. Um, if they've been cleaning up, you go cook. If you cook, they go clean. If they if one had the kid in the daytime, they only take them at night. It's just, it's just all about balance, like Trail said. It's a partnership. You always have to find a way to help each other out and make things easier for the other. It, it, it should never be, oh, I got this. You just fall back and listen to what I do. No. Listen, I got this. Can you handle this? That's how it should always be. That's how I always thought it should have been growing up. And that's just my opinion on the whole marriage thing. I like what you said in that too, brother. This is what now, now God is talking now. Let me now. I thought we did this show to do a Drake album review. I thought we did this show to do to do the Petty Wap Award. I thought we was doing the old school buzz. This is actually why we did this show, man. I'm glad this question came up because now it's all coming into focus. This all that stuff was a commercial. This is the message. What DC just said was right. What Trail just said was right. The reason we keep screwing marriage up is because you keep getting into marriage. And I'm talking to husbands, too, right now, because I ain't never been a wife and ain't capable of being one. But we get into marriage based mm-hmm. on what I can get out of something. We get into marriage mm-hmm. based on I make 20000 she makes 30000 we make 50 together. When yeah. you wake up in the morning, this is what your job is. You only focus on what she needs. You got to take you out of the equation because we keep making marriage, and we, like we say, getting saved, we keep making it about us. It's not about you. It's about the person you got married to. That's where I failed that, and I learned this by doing it the wrong way. You become who you're supposed to become. You become the husband that you're supposed to be by doing things what God told you. And what God has always told you is the other person comes first. He came to die for everybody else. God didn't come to die for himself. He came to die for us. When you're a husband, every time you wake up in the morning, your focus is on what she needs. Now, that's hard to do because we're wired to be selfish. But when you place it in your mind frame that this is what I'm doing, then she looks at you and she says, yo, all he does is take care of me. It becomes my job to take care of you because God's not going to let you change you and not be selfish and not change the other person. Even in your sex life. Now, I'm thinking it's the first or second Corinthians, but there's a scripture, man, that's talking about how when you get married, your body is no longer belonging to your body. Even in your sex life, this is how it works. You no longer co-join with the effect of satisfying yourself. Your job is to satisfy her. When she says it's go time, it's your responsibility as the husband to make sure she's taken care of. And you do everything that she asks you to do to the best of your ability because the marriage bed is undefiled. Whatever she's asking for, that's what you do to please her. You in turn will be pleased. Ladies, when you support your husband as a helpmeet, what you see that he's tapped into God, 
you support the vision for the family, you support his ministry, and your own ministry will come into fruition based on the fact that you did what you're supposed to do by him. It's never been about us. It's never been about you. And when you can take the mind frame off of me and make it about her, and when she can take the mind frame off her and make it about him, your marriage will be successful. And that's the only way it's going to be so. Mm-hmm. Again, the collection yes, plate is not being passed away. Yes, make checks payable hey, to man. make checks payable to each one of us individually by our names or Thunderstorm Media, however you see fit. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. We did some good work oh, tonight. Boy. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Yeah. But that's, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in all seriousness. That's why we came on the air tonight. We had to clear that up for some people, man. And I'm glad that question was asked. And I'm glad that we was able mm-hmm. to uh, to help out. Email the show at Storm Radio Six. No, at Thunderstorm Radio. Wait a minute. What am I doing? What is all you gonna do? Thunderstorm at Thunderstorm Sports Six Six at Gmail dot com. That's the email address. Twitter at Storm Radio Six Six at Storm Sports Six Six. Follow me every single day on Inside the Eagles for you know breaking news and content that we got that only we can do. Um, fellas, I got a surprise for y'all, though. What is it? We're going to ride out with the old school bus. Now, we did the champion, Prince. We did the first family of reggae, Morgan Heritage. Somebody suggested the only way that you can beat a legend is with another legend, and sometimes you got to go across genres. I found me a clean Tupac record. I'm going to be honest with you, man. We're going to put Pog up against. This is my favorite Tupac record of all time because it's not vulgar. Because the video kind of pushed it over the top. This is actually Keep Your Head Up Part 2. This is Baby Don't Cry. That's the, that's another challenge on the old school bus. We're about to ride out with it. And somebody just said, these boys just preach a sermon, and now they're about to play part. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. We love y'all, man. Old school bus. Take it up. We out. Yeah. Hey. As soon as we find the record, <laughs> I'm gonna try it again. Tupac, baby, don't cry is the second challenger. We out. We love y'all. We'll see y'all in about a week.
he ain't gon' never change. Uh-huh. I ain't no hater, but that nigga lost in the game. After the bright lights and big things, he probably could love you, but he in love with the struggle. Every day, his mind on getting more. And never your feelings, he takes the minutes for show. Uh-oh, uh-oh, now you about to have his baby. Uh, another wild ass, that's gon' drive you crazy. You got too much more living to do. Spin this to you, cause you deserve more than what he giving to you. Beautiful black, precious and complicated. A new millennium, what's the five, five, she Got them all stuck, standing still when she come through. Baby, take a little more time. Love will find you. It shows the shine's loose. Somebody other than me, gon' give you everything you need. Baby, don't cry. Baby, don't cry. 